Hello, and welcome back to the Missing Pillar of Health podcast. Today, I'm going to break down the four toxins that are most important to address in your home before having a baby, plus strategies that you can take away with you to reduce them starting today. I'm passionate about helping everyone reduce toxins, but the preconception and early prenatal period is a special interest of mine possibly because I wasn't aware of what I know now, and I'm kind of mad about that. So I want to make sure that you have the information that I did not. In episode 36, I talked about the biology of why toxins are so important preconception. Again, more of the information that I wish I had. So if you haven't listened to that one, it's a great episode to queue up next. In this episode, I'm going to be super practical with you. This is a companion to a PDF resource, The Four Hormone Disruptors to Avoid Before Having a Baby. So listen and take in the information, but you don't have to worry about taking notes or remembering all of it. You can get the important details and a checklist of actions at greenathome.ca forward slash prenatal guide, and I'll drop that link in the show notes too. Before we dive in, here's the show intro for those who might be listening for the first time. Welcome to the Missing Pillar of Health podcast, the show that tackles the often misunderstood and underestimated topics related to toxins and their impact on our health and well-being. I'm your host, environmental engineer, mom of two, and founder of Green at Home, Emma Roman. My mission is to help you reduce toxins in your life without fear, judgment, or shame, so you can be more informed and empowered to take action on issues that matter to your health. The research is clear that toxic chemicals found in the products we use, food we eat, water we drink, and air we breathe are contributing to the rise of chronic illness, allergies, infertility, autoimmune disease, and more. The good news is you can reduce your exposure without having to drastically change your lifestyle, and I'm here to show you how. As Margaret Mead said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. I believe addressing toxins is a critical step towards creating healthier and happier families, communities, and ultimately a better planet. And that starts right here, right now. Let's dive into today's show. Okay, as I mentioned, this episode is hyper-focused on what you can do to reduce some of the most important toxins before having a baby. If you're new to the non-toxic journey and you want to learn more about why this is important, I recommend you listen to episodes 4 and 35. These tee up the science and research around hormone-disrupting chemicals and fertility in particular, and then this episode will help you take that information and act on it. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again, completely eliminating hormone disruptors from your home is impossible but taking steps to significantly reduce them can have a big impact on your overall toxic load and therefore your health. And the more you can do preconception and during pregnancy, the bigger impact you can have on your future baby as well. That being said, there is no going back in time. I know when I started learning this stuff, the mom guilt was real. So I'll remind you of the quote I give in all of my presentations by Dr. Maya Angelou, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. All right, let's take a look at four sources of hormone disruptors in your home that you won't necessarily find on ingredient labels and what you can do right now to reduce them. Again, don't worry about writing all this down. 
head on over to greenathome.ca forward slash prenatal guide where you can download the companion resource to this episode. Hormone disruptor number one, phthalates. Now, phthalates are a class of chemical with different hormone disrupting profiles. There are three that are most concerning when it comes to fertility and the effects on male reproductive system development in particular due to their effect on decreasing male hormone production like testosterone. And these phthalates are, I'm going to get a little bit technical here with you. Don't worry about remembering the words, but I think it's good that you know what they are. DEHP, which is stands for di-2-ethylhexylphthalate, DBP, and BBZP, butyl benzyl phthalate. DEHP has the most research and concern around it, particularly for male reproductive health. And as a result, it is starting to be phased out of uh, a lot of products. Now, these pose a risk not only for adult men looking to start a family, but also for prenatal exposure, as they're shown to impact reproductive system development and affect sperm later in life. Phthalates are also linked with obesity, diabetes, and thyroid issues. They're associated with asthma, allergies, and behavioral issues in kids whose moms tested positive for phthalates while pregnant. Phthalates are quickly metabolized, which means that they can leave our bodies quite quickly, which is a good thing. However, levels across the population have been found to be fairly constant due to ongoing exposure because these things are so common. They're found in personal care products, construction materials, medical tubing, toys, plastics, food packaging, etc., etc. The good news is making simple changes now can help lower your body burden of phthalates therefore reducing the risk of passing higher concentrations to your baby when you get pregnant, or if you're already pregnant, reducing them now can help reduce their exposure as their bodies are developing. Research has shown that simply by switching to healthier cosmetics for just three days, hormone disruptor concentrations in the urine of teenage girls dropped by 30 to 40 percent. All right, so a few ways that you can reduce phthalates in your day-to-day. So I listed out some of the places that they're found, but here are a couple practical tips. So first thing is you can avoid synthetic fragrance in cosmetics, cleaners, fabric softeners, air fresheners, candles, etc. Because fragrance ingredients do not need to be disclosed on the label, they may contain phthalates. Phthalates are a fairly popular ingredient to help make the smell last longer. And because we don't necessarily know if phthalates are in or not, it's fairly straightforward just to avoid anything with synthetic fragrance in the first place. And this has other benefits because this synthetic fragrance is also linked with things like asthma and allergies. So there are multiple benefits of reducing synthetic fragrance in your home. Strategy number two is read your labels on skincare and avoid anything with a phthalate listed on the product. Now, again, not all phthalates have the same hormone disrupting profile. However, the research is also still catching up. And because we know that many different phthalates do have hormone disrupting properties, I think it's prudent to treat all phthalates as a group of chemical and apply the precautionary principle here. So avoiding products that contain phthalates. And don't heat or put hot food in plastic containers, even if they say microwave safe. So if you are using 
plastic reusable food storage containers. A lot of them will say microwave safe, and this just means that they won't necessarily melt or catch fire in the microwave. However, when plastics that contain phthalates are heated, phthalates and other ingredients in the plastic have been shown to migrate into the food that is in the container. So you're best to avoid any form of hot food in contact with plastic. There's lots of other ways that you can reduce it, but those are some quick and practical tips that hopefully you can act on today. Hormone number two, bisphenols. Now, the first bisphenol to take center stage in the awareness of the concern around hormone disruption was BPA. Ever since research found it to be weakly estrogenic, many companies went to work getting it out of their hard plastic products. However, BPA-free ended up being synonymous with contains other bisphenols, but you would never see that on the label. Because consumers knew to look for BPA-free, that's what went on the packaging. However, what they used to replace BPA with were other bisphenols like BPS and BPF. And these have been found to have the same, if not worse, hormone disruption properties as BPA. Research suggests that fetal exposure to BPA can ultimately affect sperm function and fertility. And BPA can increase estrogen-related changes in women, increasing the risk of fertility challenges and miscarriage. BPA levels were also found to be higher in women with PCOS and is linked with poor egg quality. BPA and other bisphenols are found in hard plastics, epoxy resins used to make protective coatings like those inside cans, construction materials, as well as coatings on receipt paper. So how can you avoid them? Here are three simple ideas. Number one, reduce canned food where you can or look for brands that don't use BPA, BPS, BPF, or any other bisphenol in the linings. Eden Organics is one that, other than the tomato-based products, because the more natural lining that they use isn't strong enough to withstand the acidity of tomatoes, but Eden Organics has a bisphenol-free lining for their other products. You can also say no to receipt paper. This is going to be particularly important if, as part of your job or for some reason, you're handling receipts a lot during the day. The BPA coating on receipts has been found to be absorbed through the skin as in as little as 15 minutes of contact. So saying no to receipt paper or wearing gloves if you work as a cashier or in accounting or something where you're handling receipt paper a lot might be beneficial for you. And tip number three, avoid plastic with the number seven in the recycling symbol for food and drink storage. Again, studies have shown that BPA can migrate out of the plastic into the food that's being stored in. And fat, fatty foods can increase this migration. So this is particularly important for things like coconut oil, for example. All right. Hormone disrupting chemical number three, pesticides. Now, many studies link organophosphate pesticide exposure to effects on brain development and behavior, as well as fertility concerns. And researchers have found that certain pesticides accumulate in the fetus at higher concentrations than in the mother. Now, you may already be choosing more nutritious food, but you won't find pesticides on the nutrition label. So by reducing your own pesticide levels now, 
you'll be passing on lower concentrations to your baby if you're not yet pregnant than when you get pregnant, or you can start now and help reduce the their exposure for the rest of your pregnancy. So how do you do this? Now, the highest concentration of pesticides isn't likely to be in your food, but I will get to that. So first of all, if you are using household or garden pesticides, switch to more natural alternatives. So avoiding things like Roundup or glyphosate-based or 2,4-D is another one that is hitting news recently as showing up in the population at elevated levels. So that would be number one. And then, you know, where most people think of when reducing pesticide exposure is organic food. So yes, you can prioritize organic produce, but also greens because the practice of using glyphosate as a drying agent on grains, particularly oat-based products, but also some wheat, is showing up as elevated levels in our food. Now, on produce, the pesticide residues are residues. There's a lot of language out there that says, your apples are doused in pesticides. Yes, when the farmer was applying the pesticides, they were doused in them. However, by the time they get to you, it really is just a residual level. And these are things that get tested to make sure that the levels aren't too high. And the EWTs, Dirty Dozen, is a list of produce that takes FDA testing data to determine which produce contains higher and lower pesticide residues. So it is not a perfect list by any stretch, and I will link a blog post in the show notes that goes into more detail. I also have a couple of podcast episodes dedicated to organic food, both on the organic produce side as well as organic meat and dairy. So I will link those in the show notes because you can dig into this in more detail. But looking at the Dirty Dozen is a way to maybe prioritize or have a way to streamline and make a bit more budget-friendly strategy when you are wanting to put more emphasis on organic food, but you can't necessarily afford to do all of it. Now, if you can't afford organic or you don't have access to it, it is definitely not a be-all, end-all. However, if you do, you're also helping to support healthier worker conditions for farmers as well as surrounding communities. So it's not just a personal health benefit here. Tip number three for reducing pesticides is to drink properly filtered water. Now, the amount of pesticides in your water will vary drastically depending on where you live. If you're on municipal water, if you're on a well in a rural area, and I have, again, a whole other episode on filtering your water, but know that most fridge and pitcher filter types don't remove much more than things that affect taste. And so looking at properly filtering your water can help reduce your exposure to things like pesticides, but also other contaminants that you're going to be drinking on a regular basis. Filtering your water is a great thing to look at, particularly when you're looking at prenatal strategies. And hormone disruptor number four, PFAS chemicals. So PFAS stands for per and polyfluoroalkyl substances. And they are a group of over 4,700 synthetic chemicals that are used as surfactants, lubricants, repellents, 
and they're commonly used in nonstick and waterproof coatings. Some have been phased out, like PFOA, because of the environmental and health harm that is now widely known, but they've been replaced with other PFOS chemicals that are similarly environmentally pervasive, like Gen X, which is now used in Teflon products. But the science needs to catch up because in North America, we have a post-market regulatory system. So we find out that one chemical in this PFAS class, PFOA, is toxic and harmful. So industry comes out with a replacement. It's thought to be a little bit better. We do the research. And now we're finding that they aren't that much better and they're leading to other issues. So studies have linked these chemicals to low infant birth rates, cancer, and thyroid hormone disruption. Now, these chemicals are environmentally pervasive, which means when they get into our environment and our bodies, they stay there for a very long time, in some cases in the environment forever. And studies have shown that they are concentrated in household dust due to the natural breaking down of electronics, which are sometimes coated in flame retardants using PFAS. Same with old furniture. And they are just about impossible to avoid because of food and water contamination. And they're found in the majority of the population as a result. So by taking steps to lower your exposure where you can, you can reduce the risk that elevated concentrations will ultimately cause harm. So three ways to reduce them. Number one, reducing fast food where you can as the packaging has been found to be lined with PFAS coatings. Choosing cookware that is free from nonstick coatings made with PFAS chemicals, including Teflon. I have another podcast episode all about choosing less toxic cookware and why Teflon is such a problem. And I will link that in the show notes. And tip number three, dusting regularly with a reusable cloth that's designed to trap dust or a damp piece of cotton rag even. Keeping up your dusting routine can go a long way and particularly getting into that habit before baby arrives because once you have a baby, they'll be crawling all over the floors and dusting will become important for their exposure reduction as well. And dusting is a great way, you know, if you can't necessarily afford to replace everything in your home that could be contributing to increased concentrations, you can dust to help reduce the impact and it's free. A bonus strategy for you is to avoid makeup that has long lasting claims as many of these products uh, have been tested positive for PFAS chemicals. So things that are long wearing or waterproof are particularly at risk of containing PFAS chemicals. Now, it's easy to skim through checklists and hear these strategies and say, yep, yep, I've done it, I've got it, and move on. But often there's more to these strategies than meets the eye. So I want you to make sure that you get that download so that you can go through the checklist and really look at the choices you're making in your home and see where you might have room for improvement. Take it one step at a time, but hopefully this helps you narrow down what you should be focusing on because it's really easy to get sidetracked looking at all the things you can do. But preconception and prenatally hormone disruptors are the top priority in my mind when it comes to focusing on reducing toxics. And then of course, you can add on other things down the line. Now, if you've already finished all of the steps that I walked through or you're ready to take action, but you want more support to make it happen, 
I have a six-week course called Prepping for Pregnancy that takes you through step-by-step the exact changes that you should make in your home during preconception and early pregnancy. It's designed for you if you want to switch to non-toxic products so you can reduce your baby's exposure to hormone disruptors and neurotoxins, if you want to have a step-by-step process to help you focus on what matters most and that is practical to implement right now, if you want to understand what to look for and what to avoid so you can feel confident that the products you bring into your home aren't harming your health, and you want to go beyond the basics of healthy skincare and cleaners and learn how to make healthier choices throughout your home. In Prepping for Pregnancy, we break down your personal care and cleaning routine, take a look at your kitchen, help you create a healthier sleep space, and give you the tools to set you up for long-term success. To learn more about this online course, that, by the way, includes personalized coaching opportunities with me, visit greenathome.ca forward slash prepping for pregnancy. And don't forget to grab the guide, greenathome.ca forward slash prenatal guide. And that will give you a rundown of what I talked about in this episode. Bye for now. Wait, before you go, I have a quick favor to ask. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and like what you've heard, please take a moment to hit subscribe and leave a five-star rating and a written review. You can do it right from the app. It takes just a sec and really helps me to be able to continue to share this important information with more people. Plus, you might just get a shout out on a future episode. Thanks so much and bye for now.